0: So yesterday we had an interesting uh, conversation at the table, which happens on occasion here, uh, where somebody asked, uh, do you know the way certain saints had... It seems like they had a kind of a head start in sanctity or in grace. It seems they had particular um, graces given them which aren't given to everyone. You think of a, maybe a Maximilian Kolbe, who has that choice between the crown of the white crown, the white crown, red crown, the white crown of purity, the red crown of martyrdom, and he chooses them both. Again, this isn't an, an ordinary experience of a child. Or you think of you think of a, a Padre Pio, who in his youth conversed with his guardian angel. You think of a Carlo Acuta, similarly, uh, who in very, in a, at a very tender age uh, seemed to have somewhat supernatural experiences, just so a, a supernatural awareness of, of uh, grace-filled things. Uh, so then there's just, then there's you, you know, and you're just normal. Uh, so we don't have these uh, spectacular special gifts or, or, or graces. So uh, the, the, the question then was phrased, you know, are some kind of predestined uh, to have greater sanctity than others? And we would be very careful that, of that word predestination because it sounds like that some are kind of automatically on this track towards sanctity which the rest of us can't achieve because the Lord didn't choose us for sanctity. So That's not really the case. Uh, The Lord wants sanctity and holiness and wholeness for everybody. So how do we understand then the the difference, if you will, in in the graces given to certain people and maybe your situation which doesn't feel as supernatural at all? So I think one of the, uh, the key things to understand here is that the Lord will always give us what we're capable of and will always give us what is good for us. Like any good parent, uh, again, we've used this example quite often, but uh, any good parent will give their child what is good for them. Now, what is good for the child may not exactly be what the child wants. For example, broccoli or cod liver oil. I mean, these kind of things, so they, they, they just invented to torture people. I don't know what the story is. But they're, they're apparently healthy and good for you. But they're not necessarily what the child wants. So you this is what the parent knows is good for the child. It's not what the child wants, but it is good for the child ultimately. So at times the Lord, that's kind of the, that can be the Lord's will for us. That at times, yes, uh, what in his providence he allows happen isn't exactly pleasant at the time. But serves a greater purpose. It serves... Uh, uh, a purpose maybe of, of healing us or teaching us or giving us an opportunity to grow in a certain virtue. But basically in his divine wisdom, he knows that even though this, this experience may not be pleasant uh, or may be downright painful, that there is a greater purpose to it. So there, there are those kind of experiences. Then there are experiences then where like a parent may just simply allow a child or give a child ice cream or cake, something that's entirely unnecessary, entirely well, unnecessary for the survival of the species, uh, but just given for fun, just given for joy. So there are occasions that when the Lord will allow or provide something for us that's just for our happiness, simply for our happiness. I mean, the, the world or the universe, it doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be. It could be all grey and designed by communist Russia. I mean, it could be. It could have been. But that's not the way the the Lord uh, designed things. He designed things because, because he pours himself into what he does. Then since he is beautiful, what he does is beautiful. What he creates is beautiful. So enjoying a beautiful walk in a forest or in a mountain or wherever it may be, going to a nice lake, enjoying a nice ice cream with biscuits, whatever it may be, uh, all of these beautiful things that we can do can just be a simply a gift from God. And as long as all these gifts cause us to thank him, then those gifts aren't a, aren't a danger. The issue becomes if these experiences, good or bad, start to turn us away from God. So we can be given good gifts. Say, for example, you have a, a charismatic gift. Say you, you, you can you have the gift of prophecy or healing or tongues, whatever it is. Then that gift, that gift starts to cause pride. It starts to make you proud. Look at how amazing I am. I can do this. Or whatever gift, it can be anything, anything, intelligence or music. Or as long as if that gift starts to, to cause me to be proud of my gift and not of the giver of the gift, now we've got a problem. Now I can't actually be trusted with that gift. So it's back to the parable of the, the, the talents. You know, one is given five, one is given two, one is given one. The one who is given one, one talent, so he has a certain quantity of, of, of silver in that case but uh, we can also think of it in terms of ability rather than use that ability rather than use that, that capacity he has for whatever good uh, he can do he buries it and does nothing with it and all gifts are given to us to serve others so he missed the point it's not just about you know God you gave me a gift you now I give it back to you, there you go I didn't, waste it. I didn't waste it, I just didn't use it that's not what they're given for They're given for others. So, any gift we're given, if we use it for the greater glory of God, then we can be trusted with more. If I'm given a gift and I use it just for myself or I don't use it at all, then I can't be trusted with more. So, if a saint is given a certain grace, now, they they have been given a greater responsibility. They've been given more grace. But also, I'm sure that because they collaborate, like Our Lady, because they collaborate more perfectly than we do with grace, then they can be trusted with it. That, that supernatural gift of seeing your guardian angel or having Eucharistic experiences at a tender age, uh, those don't become a, a source of pride anymore, but they just become a, a, a motivation to an, an ever greater love. So the key for me here, the key is, is our will. Our will in our lives... Our will is what really defines us as us, because it's, it's, it's uh, a lot of things can be swayed, our emotions sway a lot, uh, depending on whether we 've slept well or eaten well or whatever whatever difficulty or struggle we, we may be going through. But our will ultimately decides what happens, even before God. Our will reigns supreme because God can offer me his mercy he as the divine creator of the universe can offer me his mercy and I can say no my will my will so I can refuse God me a little ant right little ant in front of like a human being right that's and even that isn't a, a big enough gap right but a little ant you are so insignificant my little friend I spent the morning hoovering up flies a little fly there we go a little fly uh, in front of a hoover or in front of a human-wielding hoover. No, hang on. Hoover. The other way around, isn't it? <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, a little fly in front of a human being. So insignificant. Yet the little fly can refuse the human being. Right? And say, no, I don't want your... What am I offering? I don't know. Honey, what's a flies like? I don't know. Everything. Um, we can refuse God. I can say to God, I don't want you in my life so my will see this is this is the thing that that so gently so patiently the Lord is trying to win he's trying to win our will do you choose me will you love like like love is also it's, it's an act of the will you know we, we choose to love it's not just an emotion not just a feeling we choose to love will you give me your will and this is, this, is the, 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 this is the struggle, like, we hear today that in the gospel, like the scribes and Pharisees, they understood the liturgy, they understood Sacred the scripture, and they held both as sacrosanct. So they kept adding more and more rules and regulations just to try and tighten up the liturgy and, and living in accordance with, with the law of God. Okay. So they had all the rules, and they had the knowledge. But ultimately, the will, the will wasn't right. The will wasn't good. The will wasn't, to love and to serve. The will was very often to control and dominate. So, like, they, they, they took the law of God and then they turned it around to their own will. And with disastrous consequences, and Jesus calls them out on these, he just calls them hypocrites. You know the law, you know what you're supposed to do, but why, why won't you show charity and love towards the widow and the orphan? You know, like you're so caught up in, in, in your, 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 your laws and your liturgies that you forget mercy and compassion and love. So, the will, this is where the, 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 the battle is at, you know, in our hearts, the, 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 the battle of our heart, the battle of our will. And again, so what, what is the will? Well, <clears throat> the intellect is, is knowing right and wrong, the will is choosing whether I do the right or the wrong because everybody knows (coughs) smoking is unhealthy but people still choose to. Everyone knows that drinking to excess is bad but people still choose to. Everybody knows that in general (coughs) sin is bad and yet we can still choose to. Everyone knows that uh, certain things that are on the internet or certain relationships or certain (coughs) adultery, we know these things are bad But knowing it's bad doesn't stop you from doing it. It should. But the will reigns supreme. The will. So present it with grace, present it with sin, present it with with virtue, present it with vice. Do I choose God and his will? Do I choose to align my will with his will? Do I choose to fuse my will with his? That's, That's the question. That's where sanctity is lived out. And if that's a hidden thing that no one sees, it doesn't really matter. If that's a very public thing like, like it eventually became with Padre Pio, well, so be it. But ultimately, the, 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 the kernel, the, the heart, of the, the crux of the matter is my will. My will. Do I choose the Lord? Do I choose to pray? I know I'm supposed to. Great. Good. You know you're supposed to. Did you? Do you? or I could, or I should pray more often, or I, I have the opportunity, but I, I, I could go to math. Okay, did you, do you, are you choosing this? Otherwise, it's just head knowledge, and knowledge is fine, but knowledge isn't what gets you into heaven. It's, it's us choosing to live from the mercy of God. So today we ask the Lord to illuminate our will, to help us to recognise what what God's desires, what God's plans are for my life, our will. Lord, that I can align my will with yours and pray with Our Lady, be it done unto me according to thy word. Amen. Amen.